Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is the podcast Woman and Mythology, and I'm your host, Maria. In today's episode, we will look at the symbols and interpretation of the tale of Manawe. If you haven't heard the story yet, I invite you to return to the previous episode and listen to it. This will give you images and a better understanding to this interpretation. This is a story about the duality of women and the need for this dual nature to remain together, to remain integrated. So let's begin by looking at the dual nature. What is this duality? Clarissa Pinkola Estes in her book, Women Who Run With the Wolves, speaks about this duality as one being the civilized self and the other the wildish self. She gives other names as well. She says it's the outer self and the inner self. It is the ego and the soul self. She says the outer self, the ego self, the civilized self lives by the light of day. It is easily observable. The wildish self, the soul self, travels to the surface from far. It quickly disappears, leaving behind just a feeling. The civilized self is pragmatic, a cultured, very human. The wildish self is surprising, original, and knowing. The outer self answers to the question, what do you want? While the soul self answers to the question, What does your deeper self desire? The ego self wants comfort and ease. It avoids learning. It avoids change. The wild self loves to learn. It is the wild, the soul self, the inner self that levels the ego. When we use the word ego here, it is not something negative. It is not something not useful. The ego is seen in this work as a very useful part of ourselves, one that needs to be developed, one that needs to be educated and trained, but still very useful. A healthy ego is the one that measures boundaries in the outer world, is how strongly one's identity is formed. The ego differentiates past, present, and future, and the ego is the one that regulates as well how one's perception coincide with consensual realities. It is all about the outer world. Normally, when we speak of the ego, we immediately relate to the shadow of the ego, which would be when one cannot de determine boundaries or when one is too attached to the outer world, when one allows the egos to lead and control their entire life and their soul life. Ideally, we want an ego self that serves our soul self, one that makes our soul's desire to come forth, to be manifested, one that crafts a life in the outer world, a life in reality that allows the soul self to thrive, that allows the soul self to be manifested. Clarissa speaks about this dual nature as having different functions and different ways of knowing but that both sides must function as a whole, must stay together, must remain in integration. To hide one side or favor only one side, she says that it leads to a loop-sided life and does not allow a woman to access her full power. It is almost like by itself, each side is fine, but somehow lonely. And women's loss of power comes from separating these two natures. 
The outer side is the one that is in charge of manifesting things in the outer world, is the one that creates the reality. A healthy ego is one that live according to one's reality, is one that measures past, present, and future. You might have met women in your life where you feel they are very soulful. They have all these beautiful ideas, these beautiful intentions, these wonderful ways of seeing the world and these in-depth view of the world, but they are unable to manifest it through their creative life, through their art, through their work. Perhaps they also have a strong desire to come into deep, honest, conscious relationships, but they are unable to translate that in the outer world. That might be a woman that have a very well-developed and valued and protected soul self, but her ego self, her outer self, her civilized self is lacking. And you might have seen the other way around as well. Women who have in the outer world very successful lives, they build strong relationships, wide networks, community support. They are able to manifest their creative lives. They are able to bring forth many things. However, there is something lacking of soul in their work, something lacking of relationship, of depth, of truth in their work. And that might be a woman who developed very well her outer self, but it is lacking to nourish the soul self. In the story, the twin sisters symbolize that. They symbolize the dual nature of women. They symbolize the civilized and the wild self. The little dog in the story notices that. They know, he notices that even though they are twins, they are not the same. And it said, one is more beautiful than the other and one is sweeter than the other. And these are just characteristics that we can see portraying the differences. It's not necessarily related to beauty and sweetness, but it's to show that they are one, but they are also two. And Manawe's task is to find their names, which then leads us to reflect on the power of the names. Names hold spiritual power. In myth, to find the name is to come into relationship with something. You might have seen it in other stories as well, how the journey is to find someone's name. And here in the story, the names represent this dual nature. Manawe is looking for that duality. He needs to be able to see. To know the names is to retain consciousness of the dual nature. It is interesting for us to think about how would we name our dual nature? Can we even map our dual nature? Can we understand how we might feel sometimes paradoxical about certain things? And I always say this to my groups, and I'm not sure how accurate it is, but I do think that when mainstream society says that women say no when they want to say yes, women say maybe when they want to say no, and you know, so forth. It comes from this place of duality within women. For example, my soul self might want to live in deep wild nature with a small community and have a very simple life. However, my outer self craves for the city. It craves for a cultured place. It craves for art. It craves for different types of food. It craves for meeting different people. 
And when one asks me, what do I want for my life? Of course, I come to these antagonistics and paradoxal feelings. However, understanding this dual nature, understanding that I have a side that has one desire and a side that has a different one helps me to craft a life that is in integration, a life that respects both sides, a life that depending on its phase is nurturing to one or the other side and ideally to both. One activity that I always invite my participants to do is to name the dual temperament, to name this dual nature that we have. It's a practice that might help one map their own nature and come into relationship with it. And after giving a name to your wild side and a name to your civilized side, you can then try to find a name that symbolizes the integration of this dual nature a name that brings them both together. When you are posed with a question, what you can do is pull both sides. Think, what? how does this serve my soul self? And how does this serve my ego self? If you find that giving a name to this dual nature and to your integrated self is helpful, you could share your name with your loved ones, with your partner, with your parents, with your siblings, with your friends, and explain to them, this is a gateway to explain your dual nature, explain your duality, explain your own antagonism and paradox, but also your integrity, your integration. Be careful and do not share your name to Bluebeard. Do not share your name to the predator, to the dark stranger. Those who are not ready to listen to the duality, to know of the duality of women's nature, will try to use it to control it. It will try to use it to manipulate it. The predator doesn't accept duality. It wants perfection. However, this perfection doesn't exist. So we need to share our names to those who embrace the duality, those who will bless us with the names. They will call us by our chosen names and embrace that. In the story, this ideal mate that responds to the duality of women, that wants to know of the duality of women, is Manawe. And before I enter into Manawe and the ideal mate for women, I want to speak about the father. The father is an important figure in this story. He is the guardian. He's the one who says to Manawe, uh-uh, you are not taking my daughters until you guess their names. He's the one who has the strength to send Manawe away every time he comes and fails his guessing visits, which means that it is a part of our psyche that has this ability to screen, that has this ability to ensure the integrity of all things. It is a part of our psyche that makes sure that our dual nature is kept together. So the father of the psyche tests the mate. It is important that we develop within us. And remember, every character in a story is a part of us. It's a part of our psyche. So it's important that we developed a father that is strong and that is able to do this screening process. For us to live a life with integrity, 
we need to be able to keep our inner and outer self integrated. Integrity is related to this integration. One of my questions that I invite you to reflect is, in which state is the father of your psyche, your watchman? This watchman will ensure not just mates or potential mates, but thoughts, people, attitudes, jobs are in service of the two, are in service of your dual nature. I think not just with mates, but with friends, this is a very good example. When you welcome a friend to your life, is this a friend that is able to see you as a whole, or is this a friend that you can only talk about a certain subject? I understand and I respect, of course, that nowadays we always speak about, oh, I have a friend I talk about politics, another friend I talk about children and motherhood, and another friend I talk about exercise and beauty and cosmetics and whatever it is. However, the true friendships are the ones that can see us as a whole, the one that can respect and listen and see both our wild self and our outer self, our civilized self. Not just with people, we can see that with our thoughts and our projects as well. So, Connecting with the father of the psyche, connecting with this idea of integration and protecting your names, protecting your dual nature. I invite you to reflect which side of yourself needs development, needs some attention, needs some nourishment, needs perhaps some boundaries. I hope this short episode have given you some food for thought and ideas to reflect on. In our next episode, I'll speak about Manawe, the wild maid, the distractions in the road, and the deep work. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I invite you to connect with me through Instagram at Woman and Mythology or through my website, womanandmythology.com. Until then, keep a hold of your names. The names are everything. <laughs>